Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. You are in for a treat today. I got to sit down with Diana Blinkhorn, who's a professional content creator, social media strategist, and owner of thegrayruby.com. She caters to really the everyday mama. She shares her real and raw side of motherhood. She loves to write about travel and sharing her everyday life raising three young girls. She's got six years, over six years of experience in social media marketing. She's built a huge Huge business in this ever evolving industry of being an influencer. And she's been featured in such publications as Tampa Bay Parenting, HGTV.com, and HuffPost Parents. You guys are in for a treat. So let's dig in. Okay. I am so excited for this conversation, Diana. And what I really want to ask you, which is always kind of a little bit of a heavy question right out of the gate. But who would you say you are? What's your title? What's your job? What are you doing in this world? Because you're doing such big, amazing, out-of-the-box things, which is why I'm so drawn to you. But will you kind of say, like, you know, what is your role in a nutshell? What does your life look like? And really, what I love to share more than anything on this podcast is, like, how did you get here? What's the story there? Yes. Well, first, thank you for those, like, kind words. Um, Yes. And you're right. It is a really hard thing to title yourself, right? I am a mother first and foremost. I have three beautiful children. I'm a wife. um, And those definitely come to mind first when I think of my title. Um, But I'm also super passionate. I am multi-passionate. I have so many endeavors that I want to jump into. uh, But my main passion right now is being a full-time content creator. I share uh, family and travel inspiration online and a bit of behind the scenes of our life and what it's like to homeschool three young kids and travel the world with them. So that's pretty much my nutshell. So let's dig in right there just a little bit. How old are your kiddos right now? And when you say travel the world, what does that look like actually? Yes. So my girls are, my youngest is six. And then my daughter actually turns eight on Friday, my middle daughter. And then my oldest daughter is nine. Um, And so uh, we've always traveled, but I would say in the last year, we've really like committed to taking ourselves outside of our comfort zone. So last year we backpacked Europe. And like, when I say backpack, I really mean we backpacked. We only brought one backpack each and we spent five weeks. And so that was a crazy experiment. I like to call it an experiment um, (laughs) because I even questioned if that would be a successful trip and it worked out really great. And I shared my experience on TikTok and Instagram. And I think that that resonated with a lot of people, especially after two years of being confined and not traveling. Um, And that, you know, I tried to encourage my audience that if I could do this, this, I called myself like an overpacker. And so if I could then transition to like packing, then you can too. So, so how does that work with life? Does, and I, 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 like hesitate to just dig in and ask you personal questions, but was your husband able to like easily take, most people would be like, well, we can't do that. My husband can't take five weeks off to travel. You know, obviously you're homeschooling your kids so they can travel. You work from home. What did that look like for him? Yeah. You know, it's hard. And I definitely consider what we were able to do a privilege. I know that it's not necessarily 
in the cards for everyone right now. And to be completely transparent, it wasn't in the cards for us, you know, previously, um, mm -hmm. before the world shut down. And I think once that all happened and he, his job transitioned to a lot of remote work, we're like, okay, okay. well, this is our opportunity to do this. Um, and so, and the big news, which you kind of hear it first here is that Scott, my husband is actually going to come on and work with me full time now. So you heard it first. I haven't made an announcement to anyone else oh and we are God. so excited. Um, it's a and that is what is possible. Theory. Like yes. how freaking cool is that? That you are a full-time content creator and now your husband's going to come home to work with you. That is so amazing. And I just want people to realize like just with that quick snapshot, like what is possible? Like we are so in the box and so often just hearing stories that uh, people living these completely different lives, it opens up our minds to what is possible. So I love that. How exciting. Oh my yeah, gosh. So, you know, and it didn't happen overnight. Like you said a little bit about the story, yeah. like it didn't happen yes. overnight, but it definitely was something I always dreamed of. You know, like I think a lot of people think like big money, big house, big cars. And for me, success was always freedom. I wanted the freedom to be able to do 100%. what my time, what I wanted to do. If I wanted to pick yes. up and travel with my family, I could. And so a big yeah. goal then was to have my husband not work like a typical nine to five yeah. job. And yeah. um, in the beginning, it did not look like that. So it took a long time and a lot of sacrifice. Um, and it's, it's, I'm telling you, I still have to like, wait, is that really happening? Like, is this yeah. really real? Yeah. Like it hasn't but fully set in. I have the blessing of seeing your face right now and the rest <laughs> of the world present. And like, there's just this joy and this bliss and this happiness that radiates from you. And, and that's what we get to tap into when we chase the dream. And I don't even like the word chase. It's just like pursuing that and going after yes. what we feel deep down in our heart, which, which so many people just shut down, right? They think like, oh, that's ridiculous. That's not possible. Society shuts it down. Right. And it is yes. possible. So let's go back. I want to go back to like exactly what you're doing in the content creation world. How in the world that came to be? Like, where did you start? Where did you go to college? All that stuff. Yeah. So I graduated with a marketing and business marketing degree, um, I, but that's not where my career like led me. I was in sales for quite a few years. And after my husband and I got married and we decided to start a family, I knew that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I knew that was yeah. something that was important to me. Um, but what I didn't realize is that entrepreneurial spirit, like that wouldn't go away. That was still going to be there. So I did feel fulfilled by being a stay-at-home mom. But I think looking back, hindsight, right? Looking back now, I could see things that I was doing because I, yeah. I had this need to create and be creative. And so I would like stay up all night sewing little headbands for my daughter because, you know, like bows get really expensive. And we were now... Yeah transitioning to one income, we weren't making that much money. Um, and yeah. so I would sew bows and then I would go on Instagram and I would sell them. And then I would do jewelry and I would sell that. I went through so many failures, like things. And I didn't really consider them failures because I didn't really, yeah. I was kind of testing out my passions. Like I realized right. sewing wasn't for me. Like, uh, no, 
I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then I just yeah. was testing things out and it, and it filling all, that hole, like that void. That's what I love because yes. I definitely was like the born entrepreneur. And when I had babies, you, ha- you have that struggle, which we're going to talk a lot about today is like, I love nothing more than being a mom and I want to be here with my babies, but like, there's something missing. I'm supposed to be doing something else. There's a bucket that's not being filled. And I love that you were just kind of filling that with like this experimental season. That's really cool. Yeah. And I wasn't like looking to create this big business at that time. You know, I wasn't looking to, I don't even think at that time I realized that it was ingrained in me to be entrepreneurial. You know, so I just was what I considered like passing the time, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I want to pause real quick right there because yeah. I want to make sure the audience hears this because I think it's so powerful. I think we see all these yeah. entrepreneurial mamas and women and and I like have always had the story. I was like buying penny candy and marking it up and selling it to my neighborhood friends when I was like seven, right? So right. I always knew that about myself, but you just said you didn't, know that about yourself and you didn't think that was your path. That's really important because it absolutely can be your path. Right. Right. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. And I think like I had this idea also, and that was a big struggle, just touching on that subject a little bit, because that was a big struggle because I was really struggling to find my identity. And Mm, I had this visualization of what a stay at home mom should be. Um, you know, basically this like martyrdom where you're doing everything for your children, you're cooking all of the meals and you're keeping your home clean and you're doing all of these things. And I could find that I was leaning towards these tendencies of using my creative passions. Um, Mm. And, you know, I almost like in a way I doubted myself because I was saying, oh, you know, this is not a business. This is just like a pastime. Like I was downplaying what I actually was trying to do, which is find fulfillment from something other than what was inside my four walls. So yeah, that kind of evolved. And, um, I had babies back to back. So my first two were 17 months apart. And so, Oh, that, that threw me, (laughs) I was on the floor there and, uh, he was like, okay, no businesses for me. Yeah. And those few years were just about motherhood, just surviving. That is like really it, just surviving the day. And then I thought, okay, I got my two. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to like get back to what I was before when I just had the one and find kind of like my passions. And I was starting to like meet with other girlfriends who were starting their own businesses. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm kind of feeling this push. And then I got pregnant. (laughs) <laughs> and that pregnancy really hit me hard because I had hyperemesis. And the thing, like when you're like sick all the time. Yeah, I, that's I'm, when you're ridiculously sick, right? Will you yeah, explain that just for the audience? It's yeah. I one of my friends had that and it was like the most god-awful thing ever. I can't I can't fathom. Yeah. And so I was pretty much on bed rest for uh five months. And what people don't explain when you think like you have hyperemesis you're like, okay, well, you're really sick. But what they fail to touch on is the depression that you go through when that happens, because your life is just passing you by. I'd be in like in my room, sick, nauseous, heavily medicated. So I wouldn't be constantly throwing up and I could hear my kids giggling downstairs and it was excruciating, excruciating. Um, Especially I think that like those entrepreneur type women who want to get it all done and want, 
want to accomplish yes. all the things and we just see the time ticking, the time mm. passing and yeah. it be feeling like wasteful almost, you know? But really that was the best, not the best thing because it was so horrific, but it, it really changed my perspective about my time and what I find valuable um, mm. and what productivity means to me. Um, yeah. And after Hazel, my youngest was born, it what like propelled me to like really follow my dreams. And so I just, again, unintentionally knowing that this would end up being a business, I just started pouring my heart out for everyone to read. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what does it mean when they are terrible twos? And, you know, writing these Instagram captions that were like paragraphs, <laughs> which yeah. back then nobody did. Nobody did. Right. This is, yeah. we're talking, this is six years ago. So this yeah. is a different age of Instagram. Um, and yeah. I think that it was unique at that time. And uh, I think a lot of mothers were feeling the same way that I was yes. going through different versions of depression, really struggling with finding themselves, um, trying to reframe how they looked at motherhood and their mm-hmm. children and the stages they were going through, either it be sleepless nights or terrible twos or whatever it might be. And that's it. Then my platform started to grow. And even then, like there was no. What I want to highlight there is like, and this is still true to this day, I believe in the social media world, your platform grew because it was totally authentic and totally you. Right. And it was me. Yeah. yeah, And, and you're right. I feel like that was on the very beginning stages of people really starting to be more vulnerable through social media and share their stories. So it makes so much sense that that resonated at such a, you know, time in the world of social media. I love that. Yeah. It, you know, I think, like I said, so few people were doing that at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, There weren't influencers. I don't think there were, you know, there were bloggers, but there were no influencers. And so um, from that, my blog was born and, you know, I started to write even longer paragraphs (laughs) about my struggles. (laughs) And, you know, honestly, like not that many people read them, not that many people read them. And it took a long time for me to, you know, realize that I had to do this for me. I was doing Mm -hmm. this for me. I was writing this for me. Um, And if one person read it or if a thousand people read it really didn't matter. Um, And that was hard because if anyone here who's listening has any desire to go into content creation, or maybe you've attempted to do that, it's hard sometimes to get started. We hear about those success stories of people growing overnight, but what you're not hearing is the majority of people who are only getting 25 views and they're like, oh, what's happening? And they're going to all these gurus and spending all this money and finding out all these things. And they're like, but look at Diana, she has 500,000 followers on TikTok, but nobody remembers when I was, you know, getting 20 likes on my pictures, you know, and still do it. Yeah. I think that is so important to hear because there's so many people out there that want fast success. And, you know, it's funny, I scrolled way back in my Instagram to like the very beginning, maybe a year ago and shared it with some people because I was like, I thought I was crushing it, you know, because I was finding joy because I was finding joy in what I was doing. And so it felt really good. It was this amazing season. And I'm like, 
there were literally like 10 likes on a picture and it was always my friends and like my best friend and my family. And it was so hilarious to see, but as long as you're not just chasing success for this end goal, and there's this big piece of it that is for joy and purpose and service. Yeah. And you just have to play the long game. You have to play the long game. Yeah. You have to. And, you know, for a long time, I thought maybe I was like naive because I was putting so much effort and time into something that really was giving me no return. You know, in right. the beginning there, you know, some brands would send me some free products, which I thought was like, wow, this is incredible. When someone yeah. like baby products, then I was like, yes, I will take it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was still a lot of time that I was committing and I would have moments where I would take a step back and I would say like, is this worth my time? Should I be spending so much time doing this? You know, I'm taking time away from my family. Like realistically yeah. you are, you can't not. So, yeah. you know, is this worth it? Um, and it was even as a family, like even me and my husband discussing it, we're not really making money from this platform. Is this worth it? And nobody was making, we didn't know of anyone making money from this. Right. So we didn't, didn't know what the possibilities like, was. Yeah. Like people you know? are saying, I was going to ask you that. I was like, I bet this was a conversation with your spouse too. Yes. Yeah. And he was just kind of like, he was always supportive because he knew it's what made me happy. And I did it because it made me happy. But you have to think like now people who want to be content creators, see success in other people. So they have that motivation, right? Then there was no motivation like that. Like you just didn't know what was possible. And so I just kept doing it because I found validation from my audience too. And the mothers that would reach out to me and the connections I was building there because motherhood can be really lonely. Um, and finding community can be super fulfilling. And so I just kept trucking along. And, um, you know, I, I grew slowly. I grew organically. I didn't have this overnight success. And then what are we talking timeline here? Like years. Yeah. Yeah. So the blog really launched in 2016. And I would say really when I saw 2019 was when I really first started to see significant income coming in, but still then it was still part-time. 2020 was the game changer for me. Um, And I think for a couple of different reasons, I think because I'm a homeschooling parent and that time when the world shut down, I had a lot of resources that I could share. Um, And I think that that helped a lot. And I also think that it had to do with my family dynamics. My kids were older. They needed me less. I could commit more time um, and be more consistent. And yeah, it, it really... I think, I think also, I want to speak to this too, because I think transitioning and the type of content that I create, create transitioning from what Instagram has now become to TikTok also helped me because my narrative was always being vulnerable and sharing that. But if you go on my Instagram and you look, there's a lot of pretty pictures there. And I love that. Like I am a Pinterest mom. I do throw my kids obscenely over the top parties And I won't apologize for that. I love it. Um, And I, and I loved an aesthetic feed and pretty pictures and all of that. But what TikTok allowed me to do was to share what I'm passionate about, which is those aesthetic type things 
but share my heart as well in my voiceovers. So almost every one of my videos has a voiceover. And so I could be showing my setup for this really beautiful party, but in my voiceover talking about the struggles I deal with comparison and, Mm. you know, all of these things. And so TikTok gave me this unique platform to where I could share both sides of me, all of me, which I feel, feel that Instagram kind of no longer would allow me to do. Now Instagram's changing and evolving and there's a lot of video content there as well, but still not quite the same as yes. TikTok. Um, when did you start so, TikTok? Because I feel like TikTok, it's, it, I'm wondering when you started your TikTok because I li- I just got on the TikTok train this year and yes. you know massive growth over there. And it's been so fun. And I, as a creator, was super hesitant. I'm like, I am not dancing on TikTok. You are not doing that. But it has become what what I feared was like, it's going to be more work. It's a new platform. It's more creating more content. And it has become just this joy outlet because it is so different from Instagram. Growth can happen, I believe, so much quicker than Instagram right now. And so it's been so fun for me this year. But I'm wondering when you started yours and what that growth looked like. Um, I joined the app in 2019, the end of 2019. But I was... I was like, mm, same as you, not quite sure yeah. that this is for me. I don't dance. Right. Um, and so I messed, I played around. I did silly things of like memes about coffee and, you know, all of that silly mom stuff. And so um, it wasn't until February, 2020 that I had my first viral post and it was a snack board. And again, it was like, why do I make these? Like, why would I spend the time to make something like aesthetic like this for my kids? And I just spoke to that. And I just, I was like, actually it makes lunch easier. Try it. Like I dare you try it. I love a snack board and I do not cook. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So it went viral. And then, um, I posted another one like it and someone commented on that video I think I've made it to Pinterest mom TikTok. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah. And I just took that and I just ran with it. And I think I gained 300,000 followers in 60 days. Wow, that's amazing. Yep, That is incredible. I love it. And I love the long road to get there, right? Like you could have given up a thousand times on this journey and you just kept going because it filled your soul. So I want to ask this and um, because I'm wondering, I'm guessing the audience is is wondering the same thing. There's a lot of people out there that content creation and social media influencing like seems very attractive, but I also know that there's some people that are like, I don't get it. How do you earn income? How does this actually transpire to like a paycheck? Will you speak to that? Because I'm still unclear on some of that. If you're looking for some more in-depth training on mindset practices and how to create your vision, how to reverse engineer your goals, how to craft your morning process, all of the things that I'm super passionate about, you guys, the Rise Up course is where it's at. It is literally my lifetime, my mind in a course, every single tip, strategy, and hack that you could possibly ask me about is in this course. So jump into the show notes right below and you'll see the link for the Rise Up course and my Rise Up planner, and you guys can rise up with us. 
Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to, because I think it is a huge misconception about influencers and how they make money. Um, so I, me personally, I'll speak to myself just because I don't yeah. know what other influencers do, but there are multiple revenue streams, right? So my main one is sponsored content. So what that looks like is that I built a, a certain audience, a niche audience, right? And a brand will come in who wants to target that particular niche and ask me for my creative input. And we will collaborate on a project that I feel will be a good fit for my audience. So it could be meal ideas, trip ideas, um, and that. So the brand will pay me for that. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that that can differ is then the, br- the brand will pay me to use that content. So sometimes they'll want me to post that content on my platform. Sometimes they want me to create content that they can post on their platform. And sometimes that's both. And so there's different tiers that I charge for that. So if you just want, let's say a 30 second video, that's one price. If you want a 30 second video and run it as an ad, that's another price. If you want to run it as an ad and use it on your platform, that's another price. If you do not want me to work with any other like brands, that's another price. And it starts to build. Um, And then the more collaboration. Are you affiliated with an agency that helps you get those deals or or like, how did that start? Cause I'm sure it looks a little different now than when it first started. And so what was that road like? So I did work with an agency and, um, it was not successful. And so I manage all of it myself right now. I I don't want to say that I'm against agencies because I know a lot of my creator friends have great relationships with their agents and it works out wonderfully for them. Um, but I'm doing fine by myself and I don't necessarily have to split that, but you know, I would be open to having an agent, but when I started, there was no agent, you know, because think of it from an agent's perspective too. They want to know you're established. They want to know you're bringing enough income to, um, make it worth their time so that they can really fully commit to you. Um, I think the difficult part though, is finding someone who is as committed to your work as you are. Right. And that's where I struggle. And so I have failed to found that person. If that person is listening, you can reach out to yes. me. But um, I don't have someone who I feel is experienced enough and who could represent me in a way, you know, and I think all entrepreneurs kind of feel this struggle a little bit when they look at hiring or bringing someone onto their team, because I am so passionate about my business. I live and breathe in my business. And you know, obviously I don't expect you to have that same passion, but yeah. you know, I do expect you to care about it. Yeah. Right. Um, I hear you. I feel like the problem with agencies all the time are you are one of many, 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 and they can only devote so much time to you, particularly when they're dealing with dozens and dozens of creators. So I, I totally feel you on that. And I actually had the same experience. Yeah. 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 So I'm managing it all myself. Um, which is going really well. I have my husband who helps me. And so, um, yeah, I have no complaints. You know, could it get to a point where it might be a lot for me to manage? Sure. But the issue, if you're a creator, if you're thinking about, okay, to get the brand deals, I need to have a manager. You do not. You do not need a manager to get the brand deals. Trust me. Like, without going, like, full, like, telling you all the nitty-gritty details. But... When I left my agency, I brought in three times as many brand deals. Wow. 
And was that you reaching out to them or them reaching out to you? Probably a little bit of both. A little bit of both. But I will say right now, 90% are them reaching out to me. I've, I yeah. pitch very, very few. Um, yeah. And now I vet all of those brands because I, I, have, I want to make sure. Not I have yeah. to, I want to make sure that these are a good fit for my audience. And so I'm constantly vetting, making sure, is this valuable? Is this something I'd spend my money on? Is this something that my audience cares about? Yeah. And I think that's a, something a lot of influencers don't spend enough time doing and it will hurt you in the long run. It's hard to turn down money, but it will hurt you in the long run. And I made that mistake early on in my career. And so um, it's hard to turn down money, but I always remind myself like, it will come, it will come back. Yes. What's meant for you will come. Yes, so, I totally agree. Yeah, I've had to step out of partnerships that just didn't feel right to me. You know, all of a sudden everybody was you know, getting deals with a certain company. And I was like, this just yes. doesn't feel right. And so, yeah, I'm walking away from money, but trusting in the fact that the other brand deals that are more aligned will come. Absolutely. Exactly. And the other yeah. revenue streams are affiliates. You have um, any type of products that you sell. So I have digital products that I sell. Um, and then merch, you have um, ads on your website. Um, I'm sure there's even more. But that's kind of, you know, oh, and you have your creator funds. So they're not a lot, but you have Instagram offering creator fund. You have TikTok offering a creative creator fund. Facebook has one now. Pinterest has one now. Snapchat had one. It's everywhere. So, um, you know, a lot of platforms are valuing creators, which is wonderful. It's beautiful. I love that. And so you have an opportunity to make a lot of money that way as well. So YouTube, YouTube has been all great for that because YouTube pays their creators a uh, portion of the ad revenue, which hopefully more social platforms will catch on. Yes. The creator con economy is truly like, and I, I believe we're just getting started. I think we are literally just getting off the runway with it. And to be, you know, part of it now and to know where it's going is it's huge. It's huge. Um, let's dig into what we're both super passionate about. And I have puppies rustling in the background. Um, but let's dig into balancing all of this with being yes. a mama. Because it's, yes. you and I both said, or, or it's one of my beliefs, and you actually said it right before we started, we hate the word balance, right? Yes. Because you almost have to just take it out of your vocabulary. You have to realize that no matter what you're pursuing, there's going to be a sacrifice on the other side. But so often you have to also understand that that sacrifice is absolutely worth what's coming in the long run. Yes. And so speak to that and how you feel about all that? I think the word balance in this context is a guilt-inducing word. I think it's just meant to make you feel guilty. Because I'm going to tell you, you can't be, you can't be at all. And, you know, I, well, let me, let me go back. You can be at all. You just can't give everything 100%. And the way like I look at my life is like a pie, right? And I have different ways I can cut that pie and different pieces. And sometimes my work might be a bigger piece of that pie. Sometimes my family life might be a bigger piece of that pie. Um, but I have this pie and I have to allocate this pie how I see fit. And there's no right or wrong way to allocate the pieces of this pie. You know, sometimes... I'm super focused on my health and healthy eating and meal planning and working out and doing all those things. Sometimes I'm not. I'm more focused on 
business growth and this. Sometimes my, you know, my kids need me more. They have, you know, recitals and competitions and this. And so I think if we look at it more as like a fluid type way of life, instead of something so rigid, like a balance scale, like that is so rigid. Right. If you look at it more of a pie that you're constantly cutting slices out of, constantly evaluating where your energy needs to go. I think that gives us a lot more grace. Yes. Yes. You know, so we don't have to be so hard on ourselves. You're still giving the pie. You're always giving the whole pie. Right. It's not like you're, you're, you're missing something or you're not doing enough. You're giving the whole pie, but where's that pie going? And I think what you, I, I love the pie analogy because a lot of times I think the word, I, I love pie too, <laughs> but I think right. the word, you know, it, because I think so often when we're women, especially entrepreneurs are kind of making decisions about pursuing or not pursuing something. It's like this forever thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you have to look at it as the season. Just last week, I had some crazy back-to-back days in the middle of like back-to-back crazy travel. And I was like losing my mind, right? And feeling just too too stretched. And so I looked at June and I was like, I am going to shift my June, my month of June, to be super present for my family, to take things off my plate, which allowed me to enjoy the crazy that was last week and this. And, and so you have to just kind of look at that where this week and this month does not dictate what you're doing next week or next month, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. That I would love to get your thoughts on because it's one of the topics I'm most passionate about in regards to this topic is that I remember in the beginning of my own journey, feeling that guilt of sacrificing quote unquote time with my children to build my business And what I now know seven years later is that my children would never be who they are. I mean, gosh, it makes me cry. They would never be who they are if it wasn't for seeing their mother sacrifice, work hard, stay up late, get up early and create a life for them. And oh my gosh, your children, I mean, they are seeing you bring your husband home to work. Like so powerful, right? It's, it's crazy. (laughs) Like it's, I'm speechless. I have no words for that because it's the same feeling. I, I, I thought I was going to be a stay at home mom. I had this idea to be a quote unquote good mom. Also don't like that term. I, this is what I had to do. I had to put my life aside and commit it all to my children. And what I learned is I have three young girls. I want to emulate the type of women I want them to become, which is someone who puts their happiness in front, who follows their dreams, who do follows their passions, does what they're passionate about, right? Like, do I want them to be the type of women to just sacrifice everything that they want because they have to fit some societal standard? No, I do not want that for them at all. And I realized that to be a good mother, I had to emulate the actions that I wanted them to take, you know, and I'm not here to say like entrepreneurship is for everyone. It's, it's not. And I'm also not trying to say that being a stay at home mom is not the best option. 
what I'm, the point I'm trying to get to is that prioritize your happiness, prioritize your fulfillment, prioritize the things that fill your cup, teach your children how to fill their cup by filling yours. And if that is starting your own business, go for it. Don't let the guilt hold you back. Don't let the guilt stop you. Just go for it. And if it's not to start a business and to be home with them and cuddle with them and hug on them, do not compare yourself to those other women because those other women are fulfilling themselves and you're fulfilling yourself. And that might change for us. Maybe in a few years, I might say, oh, I want to sell this and I'm done and I just want to be with my family. And maybe in a few years, a stay-at-home mom might say, I want something else. And that's okay. Like you said, nothing is set in stone. You're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to pursue your happiness, whatever that looks like. Oh my gosh. Like so much permission and freedom just given in that, like what you just shared. And I think that is so important because right, we, we have these big businesses and entrepreneurship is like, so who we are today But we are not saying, you know, for somebody else, like your passion and your joy, it could absolutely be full-time stay-at-home mama all the way. It's about teaching our children to find joy, teaching our children to not sacrifice everything for others, right? And whether your dream is to be a stay-at-home mom or your dream is to build a business, what we're teaching them is to chase their dreams. And we will never teach them to do that unless we do it ourselves. That's right. Exactly. Gosh, so good. So good. Um, All right. So I want to know, I I want you to just kind of wrap up here a little bit with like, what is next for you? What are you doing right now? We didn't even talk about this crazy adventure that you're on, which I'm getting you to Charleston, by the way, we're getting you. Yes. Oh, I want to. Yeah. I want to go to Charleston. This has got to be in the agenda, but tell me what you're doing this year and also what's next. Yeah, so this year uh, we took on a pretty big challenge. And I remember when I was thinking of this idea, I said to my husband, like, am I crazy? Like, am I going to regret this in July when I'm looking back like, oh, I'm so tired. Um, (laughs) So last year when we did the five-week backpacking trip, uh, we were just, we were smitten. We were so happy. We came back a totally different family. And we knew that that's what fills us as a family. We want to travel and we're going to prioritize that any way we can. That means um, changing the way we do our business. That means the way we do our school, whatever it meant, we were going to change that. So the way I wanted to hold myself accountable to that was to come up with this challenge and to empower other families to also step out of their comfort zone and travel. And that's when I started 22 adventures in 2022. And so oh, that's crazy. And this is when your husband's working full time. Oh yeah. My husband's still at his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like there's that, right? Yes. <laughs> and then wow. you know, I call my business full-time plus because, yes. you know, when you leave a regular job to work full-time, you know, I'm sure every single entrepreneur listening will agree with me. You work so much, so much more than a regular job but you love it. So you just do it. Um, and so 22 adventures, we are on Sunday leaving for adventure number seven. We'll come home. We'll be home for two days. And then we leave for number eight. And then in July, we'll be, uh, going to Europe again. Wow. So 
we're going back so far. Give me one through six and seven and eight. I want to know all the places. Okay. So our first, so, well, here's the thing too. I just want to mention about 22 adventures. The way my family and I are choosing to do this is a little bit extravagant, right? Like, obviously we know that not everyone can just drop everything in their life and just travel everywhere. So, you know, if you go onto my TikTok and you watch my video, especially like my pinned video that talks about like what's happening in 2022, I explain kind of my motives behind this, which isn't necessarily to say, you got to go to all these big, amazing places. It's right. to take adventures with your family, be intentional. So either that could be traveling to. Yeah, it could be 22 adventures town, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. And I said, you could take trips. You could go to new places that are close to you. Or you could experience things you've already experienced, but see them in a whole new way. Um, and so that was kind of my challenge to my audience. And so what we did is the first we did brunch with mermaids, which was very, very cool. Like mermaids, like swimming right there. And then we swam with the manatees in Crystal River. Uh, number three, my girls went to their first concert. They saw Jojo Siwa, which was incredible. And then... Uh, Number four, we swim with dolphins in Discovery Cove, where, where you kind of have an animal theme going. Yes, yes, uh, that was not intentional, but it's just the way it's kind of working out. Or uh, wait, what number am I on? We said five. There's wait, five. five. I know. I think I yeah, skipped. It's hard to keep track of them. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. Okay, we did the brunch. We did the manatees. We did. There was something before the concert oh we went to costa rica we spent a week in costa rica we saw sloths we learned to surf we uh, um stayed out on the like volcano thing it was crazy costa rica is amazing um and then we went we swam with dolphins and we went to new orleans to try beignets that's where we just came uh, from and that was number six uh, i knew i was forgetting what an important one i think so, it would be hard to not like check off five things in Costa Rica and be like, check, 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 check. There was five adventures. You very well could. And if you go back to my TikToks and watch some of those videos where some not so good things happened to us in Costa Rica, there was plenty of adventures there. Maybe 22 in that one trip because man, we had some really good luck and we had some really bad luck at times. So that's kind of like my little teaser to go and watch my TikTok videos. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, oh my gosh, I love that. I love it so much. I've got to connect you with my best friend, Amy Parr, who's like on all these travel adventures with her family too. It's so oh, fun. Yay, to hear I would love that. She's had some crazy adventures, good and bad, just like you said. Um, do you know what's next? Like, what's the direction you want to go in? And maybe you're not thinking that far ahead and that's totally fine, but because you're in the middle of 22 adventures, but where do you think this is going? So that's funny you ask because I have been thinking about it a lot. Um, yeah. Last year was explosive for my business, not just from a follower standpoint, but from a growth standpoint. Um, as a business, we were able to triple our income and I was able to bring on two employees. And um, that got me at like first quarter, I really wanted to focus on building a strong foundation for my business. Um, and so I spent a lot of time mind mapping, goal setting, and we went through a major rebrand. So um, maybe in a month, you'll be able to see it. 
but it's Ooh. a completely different rebrand, a completely different website. Um, the direction of, just to give you kind of like a little insider thing on it, the direction of my content will be similar, um, yeah. but the brand will be completely different. And so I'm really excited about that. And I'll also be launching multiple dig- digital products with the launch oh. that all so. relate to travel with your kids. I'm super excited about it. Oh my God. Um, there might be some merch in there too. We'll see. There might be some merch. Um, and so I have a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And uh, I looked at the first quarter this year as, you know, my stagnant quarter because I really wanted to commit the time to focus on the foundation, the building blocks, and making sure that those were stable um, for future growth so that I would yeah. be prepared for whatever this next chapter brings. Um, and it's looking pretty good. It's looking, it's looking pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty content with the direction that everything is going, obviously, because I asked my husband to come and work for me. I would hope it was going well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's scary. This, I think this kind of season that I'm in in entrepreneurship is super scary because I'm going from solo me. Yes and managing it all on my own to bringing people on and taking a pretty steady income out of our house and taking a lot of risks, a lot of risks. And, you know, you really got to check yourself with those things. And you think you're a confident person until those kind of situations come and you're like, Oh, am I making the right choice? Is Am I going to fall flat on my face? But you just have to be kind of willing to do that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I love that you just shared that as we wrap up that this isn't all just like, joy, rainbows, and butterflies. There's always fear with every next step in entrepreneurship, especially going from where you're going. It's kind of this solopreneurship to this giant brand and and truly a business. And I've always said, you know, there's not any great reward without great risk. And not that many people can can make those big giant leaps of faith, but I have full faith that you will navigate it beautifully and land more than on your feet. Absolutely. Um, so let's tell everybody. I, I'll put it all below in the show notes so everybody can grab like all your you know where you are and everything. But what is your website, your Instagram, your TikTok? Will you tell people that? Yeah, my website is thegrayruby.com, um, and but that will be changing. But don't worry. All that information will be out. Uh, and on socials, you can find me as Mrs. Blinks. Mrs. Blinks. I love that. So yes. fun. Well, girl, thank you, Diana, so much for being on today. This conversation, I mean, I'm sure for my audience too, it not only like filled my soul, but it just got my wheels turning in all these different oh, directions. Same. This was great. I love collaborating with like-minded, successful women. And I just, I really value your time. So thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I don't know about you guys, but I am absolutely set on fire. Really excited. I think I want to throw my kids in the back of my car and go on an adventure. Oh, such a great episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love for you to leave a review and thanks for tuning in.